Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm alright, I'm a bit tired, as usual, I think I always say I'm tired, but overall, my health is well. We uh, health. We had a, a nice weekend, didn't we? I came up to we see did. you. Yeah, yeah. Recorded a... Uh, recorded an episode, so that's due to come out after this one. Um, yeah, it's coming out yeah, it uh, just before weekend. New Year. A fun weekend was had by all. So we've got a bit of a... Um, a bit of a game that I don't think either of us were were too ex- too excited, I suppose, about playing. I was thrilled to play this. You're always thrilled to play games like this. <laughs> um, so this week, as you've probably seen by the title, we're going to be focusing on Gran Turismo 2. Now, Gran Turismo 2 came out in November 1999. It has a meta score of 93 and places at number 84 on our top 100 list so it was developed by polyphony digital and is the second gran turismo game that we have on this list Uh, we've already covered gran turismo one a few months ago Uh, interestingly like we said this game comes in at number 84 whereas gran turismo one came in at number 30 so there's a bit of a disparity between both of them in terms of their placement on the list i suppose Jumping right into it, what what are your initial thoughts with with GT two? There's always a bit of a dichotomy between um, well, with racing games, and that is, on the one hand, you can say actually, um, you can look at these early racing games, early three D racing games, and you can say, well, have we really come that long away? And I think there's an argument that maybe we haven't. Maybe a lot of the the fundamental mechanics are quite similar still, um, but on the other hand, in terms of the technology, in terms of the graphics, in terms of um, presentation in terms of quantity of cars and tracks and so on I think we've come in a, a hell of a long way um, so it's it's really interesting to go back and play these very old racing games because um, I, I suppose you, you question what's the appeal of them in 2021 and I, and I think that's what I was doing this time yeah I, I know where you're coming from I mean for me I was playing this alongside Forza Horizon 5 and obviously that's a game that came out in the last few months so that is like a bang up to date racing game but it's a different kind of racing game to what Gran Turismo um, is if you wanted a Forza game that was you know a bit more similar to to GT you'd play um, Forza Motorsport yeah Motorsport I think it's called which I've got um, but I didn't enjoy that much. So I've been playing different scales with racing games over the past few weeks. So GT2 is a bit of a funny one because there are, at one stage, quite a few changes that are somewhat noticeable, but it does feel like a lot of the same from Gran Turismo 1. And a lot of the game modes are... Well, the, the 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 setup of the game is very very similar to GT One, but there are, you know, a few new additions here and there. Um, so, I know when, when this was originally. Um, when did we play Gran Turismo One? Just out of curiosity. 
we we released the Gran Turismo episode on the fourth of March. Right. So it's not too long ago, but there no. are there is there is one more Gran Turismo game to cover on this list. So yeah, um, we're we're trying to stagger them out just the right amount. But yeah, to me, I mean, even even the menus and the front end and this to me could have been Gran Turismo one. If you put this in front of me and you said this is Gran Turismo one, I wouldn't have known any different. Yeah, and I mean, you and me aren't the best people to talk about these kind of games because they weren't the games that we played a lot of growing up and we've never had too much of an interest in them I suppose which is fantastic when you're listening to a podcast of two people talking about specifically one of these games but at the same time I think it is quite useful because you're listening to two people that don't really have any skin in the game with these so I think it's a good um, it's a good way to judge whether you uh, whether you should go back to play this game in 2021 um, and depending on your barometer for these things um, maybe or maybe not yeah I mean with with this game it, it seems like a lot of the the screws were tightened and things were polished a bit more but overall it does feel very samey this feels like it could be effectively like a DLC really to Gran Turismo Turismo 1.5 yeah definitely and it makes it difficult to talk about because it feels like we've we've talked about I listened to the Gran Turismo yeah yeah Yeah, like I listened to the Gran Turismo episode um a couple of weeks ago just to kind of get in a headspace when I first started playing this for the podcast and it's hard to discuss this game without going over old ground because it really does feel like it's just an addition to number one and what I know we, when this we, game what did we talk about in that episode I can't can't remember it was very basic to be honest with you we just kind of discussed how far the racing genre has come since then and obviously the Gran Turismo series is a flagship of um, of the PlayStation it's one of the biggest exclusives yeah but I know when this game was being developed the um, the head developer of the game I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he he didn't feel disappointed with Gran Turismo 1, but he felt that there was a lot more that could have come from it. And because of that, he put in a lot of effort with GT2. And that's everything from, you know, the game modes to, I think GT1 only had something like a hundred and something cars you could choose from. Whereas Gran Turismo 2 has uh, just over 600, I think. So it's impressive. Yeah. Like when this game came out for PS1 in the jewel case, there were two discs this was, you know, a, a big step up in terms of what content was on offer and how much game there was in there. But it is very much more of the same with the Gran, Gran Turismo mode being the main bulk of the game, I suppose. And then you've got, you know, uh, rally car parts and, and, and drifting um, parts of the game as well. So there were new additions, but it is very much... Gran Turismo 0.5 I think. Yeah, it's this kind of um kind of like content versus innovation, isn't it? Yeah. And um it's very strong in one department but not so strong in the other. Were there were there any changes? I mean, like we say, it's hard to to remember GT1 because we weren't massive fans of it when we not not massive fans, but we weren't massively invested in it when we when we played it for the podcast, but was there anything that stood out to you? This time around, playing Gran Turismo 2. 
Oh, well, I noticed, um, I, I mean, I think I say the front end was, was similar and it is similar in, uh, to me anyway. But what I did notice was that it kind of has expanded and there, there are more things that you can do. Um, there are more shops that you can go to. Um, you can upgrade your vehicle this time in various different ways. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, whether that's a positive or a negative, I don't know. But if you're really into these games, I mean, one thing I will always say about the Gran Turismo series, it's, it's made with love um, from people that really know their cars. And this entry, as with every other Gran Turismo entry, um, really shows that off. Yeah, um, like the, the, these games are effectively for petrol heads, aren't they? It, it's not for like casual people that well they, they are for casual people that like racing games but the way that you'll get the most out of games like this is if you are a huge car fan indeed but we said there have been some changes here but if we speak about gameplay as king because there's no story to talk about here firstly do you think that this game is fun <laughs> um it's not bad it's not not fun but it's also not like rip roaring fun it's, um, you didn't put forty hours into it, is what you're saying? Absolutely not. Um, Fifty hours. It's <laughs> nine hundred hours. Uh, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. So when when you're actually playing it, there's nothing wrong with it. You can turn on the analog controls, and um, it it drives like you'd expect a driving game to drive. And I mean, that's a compliment in many ways because. As I said, technically, from from a mechanic standpoint, you could argue that racing games haven't changed that much. And I think this game, when you're actually playing it and you, you're feeling, um, obviously, you're accelerating and you're, you're feeling you're changing gears, it feels like driving a car. And so it's okay. Um, and then you've got the licenses where you're kind of doing something very specific. Um I think it's. It, I think the best way to answer this is that it's probably fun for some people. I didn't find it especially fun myself. Yeah, that that's a fair comment. I mean, for me, I think that this game because I think when we when we listened to the when I listened back to the GT episode, I think we both said that similar to what you've just said there, it is fun for the right people. And if you were to say to to me, all right is this game more fun than Gran Turismo 1? Then probably yes, because there's more to it. There are more modes, there's more stuff you can play around with, there's more tinkering you can do, and there are more cars, which for most people would be a more attractive package. But if you're just saying, overall, is this game fun in 2021 going into 2022? It's hard to say yes, because it is just an old racing game i think it could be fun in if you if you had the time and you were willing to invest the time to unlock some of the really fast cars and then mess around on some of the tracks if i was messing around in an aston martin i think i could get some fun out of it but as typically with gran turismo games you start off with <laughs> to use a british term bangers um which are cars that are barely <laughs> moving and that make banging sounds when when you accelerate um it's not it's not thrilling is it no 
And that's something that, from doing research on this game as well, I know that the DB7, the Aston Martin, is like the 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 one of the jewels of the game that everyone wants to get their hands on because it is a lot of fun to drive. But to do that, you need to put a lot of time into this game, which, rightly or wrongly, we didn't do. And it's almost like a, a racing RPG, isn't it? Yeah, to some extent, you've really got to put the time in if you want to, you know, if you want to level up your character or you know get the get the good weapons, I suppose. So, is there anything that stands out in this game that would class as like your favourite thing to do, favourite move, I suppose? No. <laughs> Fantastic. No. Simple not, answer. Not, not really. That's um, fair enough. I mean, for me, I, I quite enjoyed the the drifting elements of it. It's basic, but I'm I am clutching at straws. Um, in <laughs> we're just slating this game. I don't I don't think we're slating it. The thing is, racing games have made a lot of progress in the last twenty two years, um, and with a lot of the games that we cover on this list, particularly ones that are from the nineties it's easy to see stuff in them where you're like, yeah, that's still fun if you go back and play it today. But with a racing game, it is literally just going around a track. And with Gran Turismo, you've got to do things like getting your licenses and it's tedious. And for someone that I'm not an impatient gamer, but I need to be hooked. And for me, this game didn't really hook me. And that isn't me saying it's a bad game. But it is questionable as to it being one of the top 100 games of all time. You know, that's an interesting point because I've I've got this. I mean, I say it's a theory, but I'm, I'm I think it could be validated quite easily. In that, I think gamers, generally speaking, in modern days, are are less patient than yeah. we used to be as gamers, and I think part of that is because. Um, gaming was in its infancy back then so there are a lot of children that have now grown up that are playing games and they've got lives, they've got families, they've got jobs Um, so you just don't have the same amount of time to sink into it Um, and this very much is for the patient gamer and if you want a game that's giving you a lot for the money that you pay this game is doing that if you're interested in the things that it's offering Um, so I do think that's that's a good point and I think it's uh, worth noting that maybe something like Gran Turismo 2 is not as palatable in um, the year 2021 as it was in the year 1999. No, and it will be interesting to see where we stand when we play uh, GT3A spec because which I'm looking forward to. I think it will be I think it will be a bit of an eye opener because you're stepping up a console generation for that game, and I know that. GT3 is a fan favourite. Like obviously GT1 and 2 GT3, are as well because they're on this list. Uh, but, you know. I've played GT3 a bit in the past as well. And, um, yeah, I remember quite enjoying it. And also, I, I, I have got into GT games before. I think sometimes they just need to hook you. I got into um, Gran Turismo 5 Prologue and I really, really got into that. Um, and it was a real showpiece for the PS3 at the time. Um, so... So sometimes it just it just takes the right time, the right mood to take you to to play these games. Yeah, for sure. You you've got to be in the right headspace. I mean, 
the thing that I can compare it to is when I was about 13 or 14, I played um, The Sims on the PS2 a lot. And that, compared to the kind of Sims games that are out now, is bare bones. It's so basic, and I don't think I could go back to playing it now. But that doesn't take away from the amount of time and the amount of enjoyment I found in that game, you know, 17 years ago. Exactly. And sometimes when you revisit these games, we've all had those experiences where where we've really loved something and then we go back and it's not as uh, good as we remember it. And sometimes it really is as good as you remember it. Um, so it's it's just time, isn't it? Time, nostalgia. We've we've had conversations about this on the podcast, and it's it's nostalgia and time passing is this very fluid thing. It's not it's not one thing, and it's not one thing for one game. Um, it's it's kind of very organic thing that's unique to every individual person. So it's unquantifiable thing. Um, so yeah, it's it brings about this conversation about nostalgia again and about time passing and memories and and I feel like those conversations as as we grow older both of us now being in our 30s um they're just on my mind more and more yeah and it's it's the curse of doing this podcast I suppose because it's hard to be totally what's the word I'm looking for totally open to these things I suppose because it it's hard to put our head heads back in the space of 1999 even though we were both playing games at the time it's hard to to look back to there you know what i mean yeah i mean 1999 i was 9 years old you were 8 years old i mean it's not easy to cast your mind back i can't remember what it's like to be a 9 year old no exactly little little tidbit for you did you know that um gt2 was a finalist for a console racing game of the year award i think by uh dice and you know what game it it lost out to take a guess racing game Um, from around 1999 beetle adventure racing no sadly not the finest of racing games um diddy kong no that's too early that was 97 wasn't it yeah 97 um I don't know. What was it? Star Wars Episode One Racer, the pod racing game. Okay. So and that is very, that's very a great game. game. It's a very different yeah. game, yeah, like Gran no, Turismo very, and pod racing. <laughs> very arcadey compared to the realism of Gran Turismo 2. Well, yeah, like uh, Star Wars Pod Racer did start as an arcade game. There are arcade machines for it, and it's amazing. But yeah, I, I just thought I'd uh, I'd throw that little, little bit of... Uh, are you saying that you think uh, <laughs> that Star Wars Pod Racers should replace Gran Turismo 2 on this list? Yes, I want to play as sub- in- I want to play as Sebulba on <laughs> so the, we've got that in- the Mos Eisley special. That's been recorded. You heard it here first. From the finest film of all time, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Nat. So. We've mentioned that there are a few polished um, upgrades to this game, one of them being the graphics. Now, if you look at uh, GT1 and 2 side by side, you do see the difference. With GT1, a lot of the cars, they look very bland, they're very matte. Whereas with this game, there's a lot more literal polish to it. The cars look shinier, the windows look shinier. And I think that is the main change in terms of the... The, the graphics 
I suppose. Was there anything else that you saw where you thought, yeah, I think that looks better than GT1? Granted, I know that I mean, we, I we've know. not played GT1 since end of February, early March. Yeah, I, I don't really have um, the points of reference to be able to say it, but I mean, I did notice the reflections. I thought mm. they were quite nice approximations of reflections for a PS1 game. Yeah, like the and sunlight reflecting the off the cars and stuff. Yeah, and and you do get the sense that that Gran Turismo 2 is pushing the PS1 to its limit, that um, it's at breaking point, and, 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 and it makes you question, well, if you wanted this really innovative thing, what, what else could they really do on the PS1? Sometimes, yeah. for something to really breathe, for something to really grow, you need a new console generation, and they just didn't have that. Um, but you also, you've got a bigger variety of tracks here, um, you've got more tracks. You've got some based on tracks that are real, real racing tracks, and yeah, they look they look quite nice for the for the PS One. Um, yeah, I mean, one one thing I suppose which is which fits in here, which is um, the loading times drove me a bit mad. So it's not when you start a race. Number one, you've got to go through loads of menu screens to get to a race within the Gran Turismo mode. And then when you start a race, you can't restart it. You've got to exit out. Then you've got to get to the replay. Then you've got to exit from that. And then you can go back through all the menus to restart the race. And it's really... I think that's one thing that really killed my enjoyment. I think if it was snappy... And I, and I know it's an old game. And it's it's a lot to expect from an old game. But that's one thing that really tried my patience. And I think that's that goes back to this thing of impatient gamers that we are nowadays. Yeah, we're spoiled these days, aren't we, with immediate load times and yeah it's we, we've been spoiled by technology so let's move on to the question of the week now i was struggling to come up with a question so you came up with a question this week which i've written down so we've talked a lot this episode about comparisons and things being the same with particularly these two games so what can you think from the top of your head is another situation with games where more of the same is okay or, or has worked? Um, I was thinking about this today actually because obviously I posed the question and I thought I know there are games that I felt I just want more of the same and um, the first one that came to my mind was probably the new Hitman series mm. um, which you've got all the innovation... Well, what you've got with Hitman 1, the new Hitman 1, was um, basically a new engine and going back oh, to I the old it. formula of having those playgrounds where you assassinate people, which was brilliant. And they they really did a great job in that first game and I don't think it gets enough credit for how much you can do in that first game. And all they did was maybe a few iterative changes here and there, but they just introduced new levels. They introduced some new costumes, and I was I was all for it. Give me as many of those levels as you can, um, and that, it's it's kind of when the gameplay has reached this point where it's just delightful, for one of a better word, um, and you just want to keep playing it because it just feels so good to play, and you just want more of that. I think that's a very very good example of that. Um, how about you? Yeah, I'd agree with Hitman. The the new trilogy I love. I think they're great. They're really, really fun. 
and I've spent hours and hours just going back over stuff and trying to perfect things. So I I fully agree on that. I think you see a lot of it these days. I mean, a prime example of it is FIFA. Like FIFA comes yeah. out every year and they don't really make too many changes. They change the rosters, change the faces a little bit, add in a few more skill moves or whatever, and that's it. But it works. And I mean, neither of us are a huge... Well, neither of us are football fans. I've got FIFA 21 and I've played it a fair bit um, about three or four months ago. Because when I get into FIFA games, then I just play them solidly and then I won't for a long time. But for me... I think I mentioned The Sims earlier and I know you weren't really much of a Sim well, have ever been much of a Sims player, have you? Um not really, no. In the past. Whereas I spent a lot of time playing The Sims when I was um a bit younger. So I've played them all th- through the Sims one, two, three and four. And you do see a big change between between each iteration really, but fundamentally they are the same game. It's a life simulator where you can build houses, create families, create dynasties. And that's always worked and I've always enjoyed that. And they're not games that I can put as much time into nowadays because you can lose days of your life to The Sims. But I always enjoyed them and they are very much samey. There are obviously changes in graphical upgrades, etc, etc. But The Sims, I think, could be put down as a good indicator as an answer to that question. Because I think, it, yeah, I think a good series to bring up in this conversation about um, games that change the content, change the the masking, change the the set dressing, um, the furnishings uh, is the Call of Duty series. Yeah. I mean that has fundamentally been the same since Modern Warfare. Um, released in terms of the way it controls the the buttons that you use, even even the balancing, the way that it, it feels to play. Um, now the one game that did change it was um, not very well received by fans, even though I really really enjoyed the campaign on it, which was um, uh, Infinite Warfare, which is the one set in the the future. Is that the one and with um, Kit Harrington? Yeah, and it's the one where you can you can Conor do running and. Yeah, I really enjoyed the campaign on that game, but fans of the series didn't like it and they wanted a return to the norm. Um, so it, they did return to the norm. And you can understand sometimes, I mean, I, I don't want to give any compliments to Activision at the moment, but you can understand why they keep that formula when they change too much. They just get criticised for it, so why would you change it? Yeah, definitely. And it will be interesting to pose this question again when we've played gt3 to see where we stand on these games and i think there'll probably be quite a few changes between two and three because of the console leap um going up to ps2 but yeah it's a this has been a difficult game to talk about really because it just feels like we're repeating ourselves and yeah. I think that's probably the reason why neither of us were really looking forward to doing this. And I imagine it will probably be the same when we talk about the, the Madden games. Um, oh, yeah, I'm really... I mean, if, if if I wasn't enthusiastic about these, I am a few notches less enthusiastic about doing the Madden game. So tune into those episodes. They'll be crackers. Oh, yeah, they're going to be brilliant. I th- really built you up for those. So... <sighs> 
I don't want it to sound like it's come across like we're slagging off this game because I don't think that it is right for us to say that we've slagged it off because it isn't bad. It's just so hard to talk about it in the conversation of the very best video games of all time when we've already talked about its predecessor, which is pretty much the same game besides a few tweaks. It's a really difficult conversation to have and I don't know if it makes for a fantastic episode or not, but that's our job to discuss these things as best we can with what we have. So for you, this place is at number 84 with Gran Turismo placing at number 30. Do you think it deserves its place? Now, out of curiosity, what did we say um, in the original episode about Gran Turismo 1? Um, I can't, I think we said, yeah. Like I said, it was a few weeks ago that I listened to it. I can't remember what we said now. But yeah, I think we said that it does. I think, yeah, I seem to remember that we, we said it does with a few Because caveats. of its legacy. Yeah. Um, so, I think that Gran Turismo 2 does not deserve to be there. Um for all the reasons that we've said, I think it doesn't bring enough new to the table to warrant being there. You can have Gran Turismo 1, which was the innovative one, and then you've got Gran Turismo 2, that uh, really is a refinement of that. Uh, to me, it's one or the other. You pick Gran Turismo 2 or 1, but I think because Gran Turismo 1 was the the, the original, I think it deserves to be there more. Um, I think also one thing we discussed with Gran Turismo 1 was the soundtrack. I think we complemented its soundtrack. Now, to me, this had much less of a catchy soundtrack than Gran Turismo 1 as well. Yeah, it's... It was just there. Was, that, that, that seems to be the, the overall conversation about this game. Yeah, it was just kind of there. And it was fine. There was some alright music in there, but there wasn't anything where you were like, oh, this is cool, or yeah, this is peak 90s. It was just... Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I'm I'm at a bit of a loss for words really on this one. I think um I think reasonably if you look at the games on I mean this is the best games ever made. You got to have a very good argument to put something on this list. I think you can make a good argument for either Gran Turismo 1 or Gran Turismo 2 being there but not both. I think there will be a different conversation come Gran Turismo 3. Um, which will, I expect, bring uh, quite a lot of innovation to the series. So, I, I personally would, would place the original there um, on the list rather than Gran Turismo 2. So, in my humble opinion, Gran Turismo 2 can get in the bin. No, no, no it, can, uh, it can leave the list. It's not well, in the bin. It's not a bad game. The thing is, I think that Gran Turismo 2 should deserve to be on the list over one because we've effectively said that they're almost the same game but with just a few tweaks and improvement of life things so i would say that gt2 deserves to be on here and gt1 doesn't but i'd say it deserves to be in gt2's place at number 84 um yeah and i suppose that's that's a difference of position in that i mean on the one hand you could you could look at the game with more content that's the same engine and that and you can say it's the better one, but I, I think I appreciate more what 
Gran Turismo 1 was doing. Yeah. And that it entered the market and created a franchise that has sold millions and millions. Yeah. I think it deserves respect for that. Um, in the same way that many of the Splinter Cell games are better than Splinter Cell 1. Yeah, for sure. That first game is really important. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. It's... Yeah, it's just a it's just a difficult conversation if you didn't pick up on that, listeners. So, so, you, so your conclusion is that you think Gran Turismo two should be there, uh, replacing one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which might be a weird stance to have, but this has been a weird episode. So, I apologise to no one. Interesting to come to our ratings episode where we where we um, put them into tiers. S. Both S. Yes. Both S. <laughs> So, yeah, that that concludes this bit, bit of a weird episode on Gran Turismo 2. So, obviously, over the next few weeks, we're we're coming up to the end of the year now. We've got um, we've got Christmas. I think it's next weekend, isn't it? And then weekend after that, we've got New Year. So, this has been the last conventional episode of the year. Um, fin- finish on a bang, obviously, <laughs> but. Next week we've got a a Christmas special. You may remember that last December we played. I mean, we say Christmas special. This is going down. It's going downhill. Um, <laughs> it's a real low point, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, it's it's hard to find you, Christmas you know games. We've not done a great episode where we apologise for the episode. <laughs> oh dear. Fantastic. What has this become? Um, <laughs> But you may remember last December we played Super Mario Galaxy for our, our Christmas episode, which came out on Christmas Eve. Um, and we played that because I think there were a few snow areas. And that, that was our... It's really hard to find a game that's a Christmassy game. If you want to play a game of Halloween, you've got... Silent Hill, Resident Evil... Have your pick. Yeah. yeah. There's so many games you can play at Halloween. But if you want a Christmas game, especially a designated Christmas game... It's so hard, and then we've got the limits of the confine, the confines of the list as well. Um, so we we looked through that list, and we couldn't find anything that was remotely Christmassy. So we we thought we're going to do something a bit different, which is a game that isn't really touched upon at Christmas too much, but does have a Christmas section in there. And the game that we picked is um, Bully by Rockstar. Canis Canamedia. Now, to be clear, this game is not on. Metacritic's top 100, um, but uh, it's, it's kind of a special one-off episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we picked it because, like you said, there is a Christmas section in there, and that is us clutching at straws um, yeah. for, for, a, for a Christmas section. So we've got that coming out next week, and then the week after, we've got a bit of a special episode as a wrap-up for the year where we discuss our our picks for the game of the year. Um, but within the confines from, from the list. of the list, yeah. So that'll be coming out just before New Year's Eve. You've got the Bully episode coming out next week. So yeah, um, as always, if you want to contact us and tell us how much you've really enjoyed this particular episode, um, you can get to us on social media with the Long and Short of It podcast. You can email us at the Long and Short of It podcast at hotmail.com. And yeah, we. Look forward to, to speaking with you next week for, for Bully, for that, that special episode. Uh, any Anything else from you? Yeah, just, just, just to say that if none of the upcoming or the recent episodes have appealed to you, 
we've got something a bit different for our first game of the year 2022. I'd say we're starting on quite a bit of a high, so I'm going to reveal to you what that game is coming out on the 14th of January, and that is um, Mario 3D World. So I think we're both quite looking forward to playing that, and um, yeah, a good game to start the year, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to going back to that. It's a Mario game that I have played in the past and have enjoyed. So, yes, looking forward to getting the Switch out for that one. But yeah, we will see you next week for Bully. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.